Welcome to Resilience Unraveled. Hi everybody and welcome to Resilience Unraveled, a podcast that examines all aspects of personal and organisational resilience. A huge all-encompassing subject that covers the ability to thrive in life by harnessing your cognitive, emotional, physiological and contextual abilities. I share stories from people who have thrived despite remarkable obstacles, as well as highly successful practitioners and experts across a range of topics. And this podcast introduces their amazing stories and expertise, as well as my own reflections, perspectives, strategies and tips, which come from my own synthesis of themes and trends from wider learning. You can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and eBooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Space Unraveled. So, let's get started. Enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome back to Resilience Unraveled. Uh, this week, uh, a subject really close to my own heart. Um, and we've actually had a couple of people talking about this subject quite a long time ago, episode 30, 40 around this area of highly sensitive people. And today I'm joined by William Allen, uh, known as Bill. So hopefully that's okay to call you Bill. That's all right, it's perfect. Perfect. And uh, he's joining us today to talk about high sensitivity in men. And I'm really looking forward to. So first of all, hi, Bill, how are you? Hi, Russell, how are you? Good, good. very good. And I can tell from the accent over there that you're across the pond again. Yes, I am in uh, Florida in the US. Fantastic. The home of the home of um, all sorts of excitement. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to be yeah. careful what I say now. I'm going to, in fact, I'm not going to say anything. The, the home of the, Naples, where I love to go on holiday. That's all I'm going yeah. to say. Yeah. A lot of beautiful places here in the state. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, so, um, Bill, uh, well, tell us a little bit about what it is that you do. Well, right now, I guess I, I am uh, embarking on a career as an author, but uh, I my uh, work career was in uh, information technology as inf information technology manager for a large financial institution. And about 10 years ago, I decided to take an early retirement, make a little bit of a left turn and try something different. And um, I started my own little business, um, which was a hypnosis coaching and neurofeedback brain training business that I did in Bend, Oregon, which is in the middle of the state of Oregon. And um, I did that for a couple of years. Uh, really enjoyed that, really enjoyed working with people one-on-one. -on -one. It's quite a bit of a departure from doing information technology, but it really was more aligned with who I was and what I liked doing. Um, in the process, um, I had opportunities to meet a lot of highly sensitive people that I work with, with clients. And um, I began to start a blog, uh, which was called The Sensitive Man. And what I wanted to do with the blog was explore um, the personality characteristic of high sensitivity, particularly in men, because there's a lot of men, myself included, that really struggle with the idea that we have this sensitive trait about us and I wanted to get in a little more detail about it and I wrote the blog for a couple of years and I started to realize you know you might have enough here to write a book and that's exactly what I did I wound up writing uh, the book Confessions of a Sensitive Man 
Um, and it was a compilation of a lot of the things that I had learned over the years and doing my research and writing the blog, a lot of my own personal experiences about being a highly sensitive man and how I've dealt and coped with it. And, um, you know, it was uh, launched me in a completely different direction. And I've been doing podcasts, meeting people and participating in webinars about this topic. And it's just been fascinating. And I really enjoy doing it. Yes. Okay, great. All right. That's a good, that's a good starting point. They've got tons to unpack there, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, now, I, I ran across this subject because I uh, had bumped into Elaine Aaron's work. Um, yes. A guy called Dr. David Plus in um, the UK, who actually runs a practice, an academic practice, around the whole idea of high, high sensitivity. So uh, let's start there. I mean, is your work based on her thinking, or have you got a different sort of academic sort no, of starting point? Absolutely. I, I kind of consider her to be kind of the fountainhead of all um, uh, writings and everything else concerning high sensitivity. And I, Right. lean very heavily in writing the blog and the book on her her own writings her books and so forth and um wanted to try to keep my because i i have uh, an undergraduate degree in psychology but i don't have an advanced degree and i'm certainly not a researcher but writing this as a layman i wanted to stay as close to the science as i could and that's one of the reasons why i did a lot of research while i was doing the, the book and trying to support it with science as opposed to taking it all over the map. And we're, well, you see a lot of that happening today. Um, but uh, I try to stick with what she's, she's uh, uh, has proposed, uh, the trade itself, and, and um, you know, stick with her writings. Yes. Okay. Brilliant. Okay. So, so when, I mean, I talked about this subject quite a lot, and it's lovely to have somebody else to, to sort of basically sort of jazz around with the idea but of course when Elaine was first writing this the idea was that it was mostly female and it was mostly introverts and then suddenly this idea of extrovert HSPs appeared and then suddenly shock horror shock horror is it possible that men could be have this high sensitivity as well Absolutely. and and of course it's it's obvious that they would but it goes against the grain somewhat doesn't it I think there's a there's a I mean, how, how, do you, how do you unpack the high sensitivity in a man as opposed to a woman, woman would you say? Well, you know, I, I, as I've been writing the book, certainly in writing about men, highly sensitive men, I started to embrace this idea that, you know, male or female, uh, we're all human beings and, and having uh, emotional uh, states that we deal with and and sensitive sensitivity to the environment is a human condition. It's not male or female. And um, what we as men have been subject to is this, what I think is a kind of an archaic and outdated definition of what masculinity is. I mean, culturally, we have really shifted, especially in the last 50, 60 years. Uh, women are doing things that men used to do. Men are doing things that women used to do from a career perspective. Uh, a lot of men are staying home now, raising kids while the wife is out working, or uh, it, it certainly roles have shifted. And I think it's led to more confusion than anything else. And so part of my emphasis has been in trying to help socialize men to understanding that sensitivity, even though it has uh, been characteristically termed as a female trait, mm. is really a human trait. 
and and, uh, and part of the problem is that terminology isn't it because actually it's a it's a form of situational awareness a form of anxiety priming it's it's actually an evolutionary advantage to have this but the word sensitive has a has a connotation doesn't it that somehow it's about you know wearing your feelings on your sleeve and being able to cry at will and and that's not what sensitivity is no, it's, it's absolutely not you know all of the sensitive research that eventually led to elaine aaron's work came from the studies in environmental sensitivity yeah and that's really what it's more about than anything else we yeah. tend to latch on to this idea that sensitivity especially men that it's a weakness because it, it shows a certain frailty or a vulnerability that men just can't allow themselves to be. And frankly, I think that is really contributed highly to what we're seeing as a higher increase in male suicides, as, yeah. especially as men get older, because they're not seeking help. They're not recognizing that they're vulnerable. They're not recognizing that, that you know, they don't have to know all the answers. They don't have to be this impervious caveman who goes out into the world and and there's no thing, nothing that can stop them. We have these cultural icons like movies and television characters and even in novels of these heroes of men that are superhuman that supersede what emotions that all humans have. So I, those are the kinds of things we have to go up against is these years and years, millennia actually of these cultural expectations for men to be a certain way and yes. not to be human. Yes. And, and yes, and I wish we could call it a different name. So, but of course the, the, name, the name is right, actually. You know but... what, Russell, I'm gonna tell you right now, that's, that is a huge topic uh, that has been discussed quite a bit in the men's, high sensitive men's groups that I've been yeah. around. Uh, is this idea of sensitivity is, is not a very good word. Uh, every highly sensitive man that I've talked to doesn't mind embracing the characteristic, the trait, but they cannot stand the word. Yes. And, and if I, you call I, it highly tuned, it would yeah, be yeah. it would be fine, wouldn't it? Because it's it's got better connotations. And I don't see any reason for us not to change the term to highly tuned today, because I just thought about it. And well, I'm going to that, copyright that immediately. Yeah, that Dr. Tracy Cooper, who I've, I've been working with as well, um, and writes quite extensively on highly sensitive men, has used that metaphor that we're a really? highly tuned machine. Yeah. And that's exactly what I think... Uh, uh, people can relate to, especially men. I mean, you think about that, that, that sounds a little, a lot better than saying that you're sensitive, but uh, we're going to have to reframe this. All of us, I guess, that are working in this space are going to have to help reframe that so that we can reach those men who are highly sensitive yeah. so that they can say, yeah, okay, I will embrace that if you call it this, but the trait is the trait, whatever it is, whatever yes. you call it. Yes. So let's unpack it then. So sure. How would you characterize a, a highly sensitive man? What, what is it that they can do or what they are, are more susceptible to? Because to, I see high sensitivity as a superpower, but yeah. I don't think everybody does. So, so unpack it a bit for me from your perspective. Well, as I was saying before, I'd like to stick with what Dr. Ehrings has. I, I don't try to come up with my own definitions. Uh, her definition is an acronym. It's called DOES, D-O-E-S. And it, it really stands for the four main characteristics. I mean, you know, we're talking about a billion and a half people who have this trait in the, on the planet. So there's going to be some variability. So in a very generalized way, 
this acronym does expresses what the characteristic is. And the D stands for depth of processing. This is an ability that highly sensitive people have to what I call kind of churn information and data at a very deep level and fine tune and, and define uh, a, a deep understanding about different things. Um, the O stands for our tendency to towards overwhelm, overstimulation. Uh, we have a tendency to get a lot of data coming in. A lot of this deep processing we do occupies a good portion of our brains. And what happens is we become overwhelmed. It's just simply what happens if your filter is more open than other people's, it's going to happen naturally. The E or excuse me, the O, we did the O, the E is a kind of a combo plate here. It's emotional reactivity, which you talked about early, that ability to uh, express yourself emotionally a, a lot more easily than say other people. And for men, this is a catching point, right? Is this ability to do that. It's, it's seen as kind of a weakness, but really truly it's not. And the other part of that is empathy. We're very empathetic individuals. Uh, we, a lot of people say, well, I feel what other people feel. I sense what they're feeling with it. And I feel it at a deep level. And that is simply because we utilize those mirror neurons in our brain to, to be able to pick up that kind of uh, information from other people. And the last thing on here, this is the thing I think, uh, uh, you know, you're kind of describing the superpower. And I think this is what really is. If you, if you put it out there is the ability to sense the subtle in the environment. And that's that sensory acuity, I think, that highly sensitive people have that allows them to pick up environmental cues that a lot of people miss. And I always use the example, you know, you walk into a party, the highly sensitive person, there's a crowd of people, there's music going, everything. They're going to be the ones that pick up the perfume from someone who's maybe overindulged with it across the room. They're going to notice the Maybe the bass line is a little too loud in the music. They'll tell whether the hors d'oeuvres are a little too salty. Those are the kind of things they can pick up in the environment. And, and you're absolutely right. That is the evolutionary quality that makes this thing a superpower for those people who are highly sensitive. Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. That makes sense. And so, um... how does that manifest itself as both a, a um a limitation as well as a an opportunity well i you know yeah it's a challenge the gift and challenge is kind of the, the polar opposites of this uh, I, I i i see it just like you do as a gift it's taken me a while to see it that way um as a man uh being highly sensitive uh i'm having to go up against what the cultural norm is a lot of times and I find myself suppressing at times this sensitivity, but now I'm becoming more and more um, embrace, taking it on and embracing the trait and embracing the gift. Uh, a lot of the challenges have to do with the environment, how we interact with the environment. It could be at work, it could be in social settings, it could be with other people that are not highly sensitive, um, taking criticism, um, not overreacting sometimes to things. Uh, and the tendency is this deep processing can lead to overthinking things, which may mean you are super cautious and stuff like that. I, 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 but I look at it 
in context, the entire picture, that those kinds of challenges just need to be managed. And I think most highly sensitive people don't get the kind of training they need to learn how to manage the overwhelm, uh, how they react to things that, that may be trivial to other people and, uh, and may need to be put aside. Uh, it has to do with learning how to be more mindful about some things and your own feelings and so forth. And so that to me is the way you manage the challenges uh, and will allow you to embrace the gift part of it, which I think is the thing that we really need to do. Yes. And of course, before we have highly sensitive men, we have potentially highly sensitive boys, I guess. So yes, absolutely. How, how do we spot those? What do we need to do with them? Well, Dr. Erin has a test on her website, which is a, it's a, ver it's a written test and it's very short, but uh, parents can go through the checklist, and this is for highly sensitive children, as well as she has one for highly sensitive adults. Yeah. But the parent can go through and see the checklist uh, on the highly sensitive child and can pretty much identify um, that the child may have uh, the highly sensitive personality characteristics. And certainly if a parent or a grandparent or a relative has this trait, you can be pretty sure that somewhere along the line, yeah. Uh, your, your your kids, grandkids, or somebody's going to have the trade as well. Yeah. Uh, and if they can spot that, then they can start learning more about the trait so they can learn how to raise your, their children to, to help them uh, adapt. Uh, sometimes they're going to have to because of it, it's not, we're the, in the minority here. But the idea is to help them grow up into being confident in who they are and see the trade as a gift. And I, yeah. There's a lot of great books out there about that. Um, and uh, certainly you just simply have to go to a, a book retailer and find uh, those books. But uh, a lot of good stuff about how to raise highly sensitive boys and children. Yeah. I mean, is there a, if you're highly sensitive, this might be a non-question, but if you're highly sensitive yourself, are you more likely to spot the highly sensitive men around you? Oh, absolutely. I, it's like we have a radar. For that kind of thing. And I, what, what I found too, Russell, is when I'm talking to other highly sensitive men or, or highly sensitive people in general, it's much easier to develop a very quick rapport with them, right? Almost immediately. Yeah. Um, and I think it has to do with sort of like uh, at some energetic level, we sync up right away and yeah. you can spot a, a fellow HSP uh, sometimes right out of a crowd. Yes, it is. It is interesting how that rapport building is yes, is, is more, it, and people often link it to sort of the people pleasing aspect, but it's not. It's a different thing, isn't it? Because it's no desire to be compromising yourself. It's just your ability to to actually be able to read people well. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Absolutely. Yes. Um, you saw me dropping my microphone out my ear there, didn't you? And you very, very obligingly waited for me. And I was desperately hoping that we just pass that by, but never mind. We'll, I'll fess up. All right. And so you decided to write a book. What was the motivation behind this then? Um, I, as I, when I was doing the business, I, I, I had a couple of clients that were highly sensitive boys. And I thought, wouldn't it, what would it have been like if somebody older than myself had sat mm. down and kind of written a, a book about their experiences and high sensitivity and sort of mapped out some things for me to, to look into and, and how they felt and how they experienced things. And I thought this is gonna be 
my way of, of sharing my knowledge, my wisdom, if you will, and experiences with younger men and boys. And that was the motivation to, to, to write the book. Uh, there's lots of great books out there that have been written about high sensitivity, but I wanted to kind of dig in with this idea of highly sensitive men and highly sensitive males. Okay, and so, um, excellent. So as somebody who's reading it, what would they expect to be reading? What's, what's in it? Um, there are a lot, when I, when I wrote the book, especially when I wrote the blog, I started picking topics that I thought interested me. Uh, they weren't necessarily kind of run-of-the-mill blog articles from other highly sensitive people. I would dig into things like, um, you know, HSP males in sports or politics or love or relationships or, or work environments and, 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 and those kind of things, or even the, the negative side of being a highly sensitive person, uh, as well as the positive side. So it was kind of a all over the place kind of a book that was written largely because that's where my interests were. And what I found in talking to other highly sensitive men is that they go, yeah, man, I can relate to this book. I mean, the, some of the topics you talk about really were things that were of interest to me. Uh, and I also try to pepper the book with my own personal experiences so that it's more relatable. Um, you know, I grew up in the southern part of the United States, which is a very traditional mm. uh, area of the country. And men are men and boys are supposed to be little men, right? And that's how I was raised and, and growing up as highly sensitive in a culture that was very entrenched in this whole masculine uh, model. Uh, it was tough. It was difficult. Yeah. I had my moments and I really did. And I try to express those in the book so that other people can see that, you know, I survived it, uh, but it, it's a common experience among highly sensitive men. And, and it's and it's interesting you say that because there was a, a, I mean, what feminism and Me Too has brought us is this identity that men can be their own selves as well. They don't have to be this man up, toughen yourself up, grow a pair, you know, the sort of things you mentioned yeah. in your own blogs, you know, and, and it's women that often characterize men in this way because women of a certain ilk want a man of a certain, you know, yes, exactly. hue, don't well, they? they? Yeah, and I wrote, I wrote a little bit about that in the book, and, I, and what I was talking about is that we all kind of, I think, as we grow up and we're looking for whoever partner we're looking for, we have these templates that we carry around with us that have been culturally taught, defined to us. Our parents may have des described what our ideal mate would look like, or maybe we wanna marry somebody just like mom or, or dad or whoever. The idea is that, that a lot of this stuff is, uh, is subconscious. And so you're right, women carry that same old model with them that they, they like highly sensitive men. In fact, they can relate more highly with them but at the end of the day, they don't want to invest in a relationship with them because they don't think they fit the model of what a man is supposed to be. So those are some of the things we have to battle as well. And, you know, you have women who are raising boys and they're yeah. basically sending the same message that dad is that you need to grow up here, as you put it, or be a man. Or my dad used to say, are you a man or a mouse? Yeah. And that really starts putting that that sort of um, uh, factor of intimidation where you, you start to realize I'm not measuring up to what a man is supposed to be. Yeah, and we see it a little bit with the, the newest generation, Gen, Gen Z or whatever yeah. it is now, don't you? We're seeing this acceptance of that's, it's okay to be, you know, 
a non a non you know traditional view of what a gender or um, a sexual orientation might be. It's okay, and it doesn't mean that you're one thing or the other. It's okay to be. It is okay to be to have specific characteristics which are great to get along with people in the world. You know these things like rapport and empathy or. Um, you know, uh, seeing the subtleties in the environment are things which you can really help. But what you often find is the other side of it, which is the anxiety, the nervousness, the lack of confidence, the insecurity, the self-doubt, um, sometimes even self-loathing that's going on, isn't it? Because people have, have, have grown up in this stereotype, but also they're unsure of, they don't realize that actually they're just completely normal, but are, um, on a different scale. And once you measure yourself on the right scale, suddenly I know a lot of people have said to me is, oh, I'm normal and I, I didn't realize I was normal. And of course yeah. the answer is, of course you're normal. You've got the superpower. It's just that you haven't been seeing it that way. And, and yeah, it never was framed to you that way. And you know, here's the thing too, Russell, is that I, I'm not trying to say that being a man is bad. No. that's not. And I think what happens a lot of times when you start questioning the masculine definitions that we've been handed for years, a lot of men see that and get defensive and say, well, you're attacking men. Well, this is not true at all. I, no, I have nothing against men being men and men will be men. And there's biological and even, I guess, some uh, physiological reasons why men are different than women. But the idea is that we have defined masculinity in such a rigid way. Yeah. And you're right, I have such great faith in uh, Gen Z, Gen uh, and millennials, and uh, even some Gen Xers that I, uh, um, my children are uh, Gen Xers, um, that they're embracing this idea of, yeah, let's open up, let's open up the car and let's see what we can change here because this isn't fitting our world. This yeah. doesn't match with what the world is today. And, and, and what's interesting, of course, you've got two worlds. You've got the new world, and the world is progressive moving on. And then you have the old world, which is right. desperately yelling and screaming and shouting and desperately, you know, trying to harm everything in its pursuit to stay the same. And, of course, then you get this problem, don't you, about men who are ridiculed, uh, women who are victimized. And, you know, this the sensitivity thing is because you're more subtly aware of this, it's easier to be victimized and bullied if you're not careful but once you realize that this is something that you can use i mean an evolutionary advantage is no bad thing is it i mean the reason that we have so many highly sensitive people is because actually we've survived for a long time absolutely and and you know the thing about it is is that it's a it's a characteristic that they have discovered in over a hundred animal species yeah, so nature absolutely. has baked it in yeah for survival and yeah. so i always that's one of the things i would tell myself is that this is a natural uh, as a, a result of uh, nature deriving this, deriving this uh, characteristic, and uh, it has a purpose. Yeah. So even if you don't have a purpose as a highly sensitive person, person you do have a purpose, even if you don't know it. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I'm I'm absolutely with you. So, how, Bill, can people find you uh, and see more of your work and find this book and you know obviously throw themselves into this subject? And this is you know if you're a man or a boy or a woman or, or you're bringing up boys or whatever it might be, this is a this is a this is an important read, actually, isn't it? So, how do we find out more? Um, well, my website where they can find the blog and uh, also tell about what I'm doing, et cetera, et cetera, is it uh, thesensitiveman.com. 
Um, I'm also on Facebook as a sensitive man and Twitter and all, pretty much all the social media outlets, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, and uh, my book is out just about on every book distributor that's online, Amazon, Amazon UK, uh, yeah. and so forth, et cetera. So they could just Google Confessions of a Sensitive Man. It should come right up. Uh, but that's really the, the best way for them to get in touch. And uh, I'd love to hear from people if they're interested in talking more. I, I like to keep myself open to that and uh, sharing and meeting other people that uh, also have this trait. Brilliant. Okay. Bill, it's been an absolute joy. And as a fellow, other people wouldn't believe it, uh, but I think people will know about rapport, that sensitivity great, creates great rapport. Um, you know, we're both probably getting on very well and having a lovely time. And uh, we've had we've had quite an interesting technological series of challenges, but we <laughs> we've coped with the floods, the technology, the presenter idiocy. It's all come together in a beautiful, sensitive whole, hasn't it? So that's, that's great. So thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you for having me. It was a great pleasure of mine. Pleasure. Thanks ever so much. You take care. You too. Hi, everybody. I hope you found that episode useful and interesting. Feedback is always welcomed. And if you're in the mood to subscribe to us or even leave a comment on iTunes or Stitcher, that would be amazing. If you want to suggest ideas or even people you would like me to interview, then reach out to us at qedod.com forward slash contact. As I said earlier, you can go to qedod.com forward slash podcast for show notes or follow the links. And you can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and ebooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com, then search for Resilience Unraveled. I look forward to being in your ear next time around. Take care.